Welcome to the Confident Couples Podcast, Episode 13. This is a podcast for couples who want to improve their relationship by being more intentional. Today, we're taking the boxing gloves off and talking about our three rules for fighting fair. Let's get ready to rumble! You guys, I wish I could have showed you the fighting moves that Bud showed me as we were planning this episode. (laughs) I wish you could see this. Oh my gosh. We start planning this episode as we're taking our walk when Bud got home from work today and he immediately starts making some sort of like kung fu martial arts yes, moves. Yes, so wax on to Daniel-san. Oh wax my off. gosh. It's some Miyagi. Wait, wait, no, that's a movie reference, but you said it was some sort of video game reference. Yeah, Mortal Kombat, I think is what it was. Video oh, game boy. from my childhood. Oh, yeah, no wonder I missed that one. I'm not well-versed in video <laughs> games or really movies didn't either. Didn't have to do with a book. No, if it didn't have to didn't do with happen. a book, I had no idea about it. <laughs> but... We have figured out a few things about fighting or disagreeing in relationships. So that's what we want to talk about today. Yes. One of the things that couples can have a challenge with is fighting. It's very natural to fight. It's something that happens that should probably should happen or definitely needs to happen inside of a relationship. Because to go throughout life and be sleeping in the same bed day after day, breathing the same air over and over again. It is like crazy to believe that you will always agree on everything. Totally. Everyone's going to disagree. We disagree all the time. But I think if you think about the way to disagree productively, that can really help a relationship. So we had a really good conversation about this today. And we've realized that over the 17 years of us being together we've really kind of developed some rules about the way we disagree with each other and what's allowed when we're working through a fight or a disagreement and what's not allowed because it's not productive, it's not helpful, and it's just going to make things worse. And I think that fighting is an evolution between partners too, that like you're emotional, you're having a challenge, maybe one of you is more emotionally energized than the other one, and that it's okay to have one step forward, two steps back. And it's okay to have two steps forward, one step back. Like This doesn't have to be perfect every time. We're going to talk about some rules of engagement, and that sometimes rules of engagement are broken. That can be something that can be addressed in the process too. Like To lay these three things that we're going to talk about about rules of engagement today are great things to strive for, and it's okay in the moment if you don't follow them and be your best self in the fight. You can always come back to them and say, I can do better next time at this. Yes. And I feel like we've done that, where we've each at one point or another, even just recently, we'll talk about an example, where I did a bad job at the rules of engagement and broke number three. And I called you out on it. I did. I called my bullshit. That's the way it goes. And that's what we're allowed to do because we've thought about these things that these are things that we don't do in an argument because they're not productive and they're not healthy. So today we're going to talk about our three rules of fighting fair. And we highly recommend you just think about these and see if they might be something that you're doing in your relationship. You want to roll with number one? Yeah. So number one is don't bring up the past. Keep it in the moment, in the present, in the now. 
all about what is going on in the moment. So you've gotten into a disagreement because something happened in your life right now today and you're disagreeing about it and what doesn't help is when you reach into the past and somehow pull out something else that you're mad about that really doesn't have a lot to do with what you're talking about right now but you're mad and you're seething and you feel like it's your moment to like poke that bruise or like really lay one on your partner something in the past that you're still upset about. You're ready for it because you've been waiting for this moment. And now, you know what? Let's just back up the dumpster and dump it all in there. Boop, boop, boop. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's the sound of proverbial fight trash hitting the floor in the middle of your living room. Exactly. When really the only reason that you got in a disagreement is something like, when I ignored Sarah and scheduled the resealing of the driveway, spending money on the home maintenance budget without asking for permission or talking about it at all. Without even bringing it up. So this is probably a decent example. This guy just showed up to reseal the driveway. It did look nice when it was all done, though. It did look nice, but I like to be consulted <laughs> when we're making big purchases out of a budget I might have other plans for. And so... Let's imagine that we are disagreeing on some of the projects that we're going to do this spring. I think a good example of bringing up the past would be if we're disagreeing about something now and I start going, you know what, don't just go schedule this like you did the paving of the driveway last year because that was like a real jerk move. Well, you know what, the driveway needed to be sealed and it got done. (laughs) So hopefully, instead of fighting me back, Bud would remind me (laughs) that what happened last year is not relevant to the current conversation that we're having and that we need to keep it in the present. What are these things that we're disagreeing about right now and how can we work through those and move forward? It does not help to return to the past and just kind of like nag on and, and twist and like keep poking at something bad that happened in the past. It just, I think, really puts your partner on the defensive because they're always like, well, when when is she going to bring that up again? When is he going to talk about that thing that I did that he can't let go? It's so important to be able to move forward from negative things that happened in the past and not let them keep swirling as reasons to keep fighting or keep causing problems within your partnership. Now, as an example, one with this first keep it in the moment, One of the things that does happen in partnerships is that things can fester over time. And we are simply advising you to not let those festering things seep into the moment of this argument. Those belong to be parking lotted and brought up at a specific time in the future where you can actually address those festering wounds, whatever they may be. So we're not encouraging you to to avoid the festering things. Oh, that's a good point. We're not encouraging you to stray away from the things that you may have avoided in the past or the discussions that you need to have or the arguments you need to have about issues in the past. Just don't let them seep into the argument in the moment and to make it about the first thing and the second thing and the third thing and the fourth thing where where then you forget about the first thing that you argued about. (laughs) Because you can't solve, you can't solve how 
your boo puts the dishes away in the dishwasher if you're arguing about three or four how things. How he never does chores. Or How he's been else. so unhelpful. Exactly. So you got to go back and you always got to stay in what the argument is about in the moment. And then if there's other bigger, festering, grander, different, whatever, use another time, schedule another time to do that. And as wild as that sounds to schedule another time, that is a good idea. It's intentional and it allows you to get your thoughts together so that, again, you can move forward productively through a disagreement or something that you know might cause some conflict. So that's a really good point. I was thinking more in terms of like things you've already talked through that maybe you like mentally can't move on from. But then there are also those things from the past that you haven't addressed yet. So I would say in rule number one, neither of those things belong being brought into the current argument because they're not relevant if they happened in the past. Stay where you are and try to work through the issue you're having now. No bringing up the past when you have a present argument. Yep. They belong set up at a separate time, a ritual, design time specifically for it, a life planning dinner, you name it, you pick it. That's where those things belong at. Great. All right. Rule number two of fighting fair. This one's easy and it, well, it's not always easy to execute on, but it's simple to say, and that is no name calling. This is basically elementary school rules, but I really think couples mess this up a lot, and it might be because it's something that was modeled for you as appropriate in partnerships that you've witnessed, but in our partnership, we've decided that name-calling is never, never, never okay in a disagreement. So there's never a, oh, you know, you know what? You're just not going to get this because you're such a jerk. Not helpful puts the other person really on the defensive and really makes it hard for them to move forward because you're really wounding them personally and calling them names and really just being mean, which again, doesn't help an argument to be productive. So you're doing two things too. When you name call your partner, you're adding fuel to the fire. True. You're also distracting from what the fire was to begin with. You're often making a second fire or a third fire that then you have to put out too. And to make change, so arguments usually come around an item that we want to impact change with our partner, a change in behavior a lot of times too. So to impact change and influence change, you need to de-escalate the situation so that you and your partner can work on the argument and work on the outcome, the preferred outcome you want, And doing a name call is an escalation. It's an escalating act. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I love that you say that. And I also recognize how hard that is to do in a situation where your blood is boiling for whatever reason and you're really angry to want to de-escalate. But it's important to keep your eye on what's your goal in getting through this and yeah, adding fuel to the fire and making things explode by using name calling and just generally not being nice is not something that's going to help you get through a disagreement with your partner. That's right. I also want to say that name calling is something that can really make the argument last longer and the hurt from the argument last longer beyond after the argument is over. So I think when you learn to fight fair and you have rules around an argument, you can disagree 
productively move forward or sometimes not productively move forward. You might reach an impasse where you can't agree. But if you've done it fairly and you haven't been mean or done name calling, it's not something that's going to fester in your partner's heart or in their mind for a long time. It's so important to keep your partner in mind and their feelings so that disagreements don't become something that really colors your relationship and really kind of ruins your feeling, the positive feeling you'd like to have about your partner and you'd like them to have about you. Name calling becomes, if done frequently, I believe becomes part of the story of the relationship. Yeah. Is being a jerk or is a jerk? As simple as that being versus is are two completely things. Being is a point in time like an action in the moment that is not permanent, where is is always happening or is Mm -hmm. always there. Regardless, I don't think names or words really belong in an argument, though. Do you disagree? No, I don't believe they belong in an argument at all. I'm just agreeing to that. But by not letting them seep in your argument in any way, they don't become a defining moment of who your partner is Oh, like being. in your head? Yes, is yeah. being or is. If you say your partner can be or is, or is being difficult in the moment, that's something completely different because you know what? We can all be difficult with each other. But if you attach a name to it, especially a derogatory one, and you guys know the name. Sarah's trying to encourage me to keep this kid-friendly. <laughs> you guys know, just substitute any of the names in there you've heard I, I, call. I think you've all heard of names before. I don't think we need to tell them to you. This is easy. Let your imagination run wild. If you just use a derogatory term, it can morph into something more that becomes the story of who that person is. Oh, in your own mind. Exactly. Not who that person is being in the moment. Yeah, that's true. That's true. If you're able to, you know, if you feel yourself on the verge of some sort of name calling, if you're able to kind of twist it into... How is the person actually acting in that moment? And can you express that to them? So I feel like you're not listening to me is a different statement than you are being impossible or you're being a jerk or whatever word you might put on it. So it's so important to choose your words carefully in an argument. Yes. So it doesn't hurt your partner's feelings. So it doesn't infect your own thoughts about your partner. And so it doesn't Ignite that fire within the fight. So Sarah's really good at number one. We're both pretty good or really good at number two. I'm really good at number three, which is no generalizations, be specific, no general statements. So when we say be specific, we want or I want desperately need in an argument specific instances outline so I can understand what they were, how they made her feel when they happen, so that I can internalize them, learn from them, understand when and where and how they happen and how they made her feel, so I cannot do them anymore. Yes. The challenge is that when you don't do this and you make sweeping general statements, you're not actually giving any feedback for improvement. That's true. You're just sharing a complaint in the complaint box It is never going to be read and is never going to be addressed because a sweeping statement is like some statements are like the sky's blue. Of course, the sky's blue. Like, you always do this. Yeah. And it's like, 
What does that mean? <laughs> Let's give some definitions of generalization. So to me, a generalization is something that's like, you always blah, blah, blah. You never blah, blah, blah. It's like some giant generalization that's so vague and impossible to prove and impossible to learn from and move on. So, you know, you're always impossible about this. You never take care of your dishes. That's something I I can kind of suck at things like this and especially around like being tidy and chores and once things fester for me. So like, you know, weeks and weeks of Bud every night he likes to get a uh, sparkling water. It's like his drink of the evening and um, delicious. Altapala not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. So he gets his sparkling water can and that's his drink for the evening and he'll drink it during dinner. He'll take it downstairs while we watch TV and then he'll just leave it wherever he was at the end of the evening. Well, I was done with it. And so for <laughs> we end up with like three cans downstairs. Sometimes if he's like feeling good, he'll actually bring it back and put it by the sink as if that somehow puts it in the recycling bin magically. <laughs> and so that kind of thing will just wear on me day after day until I'm like, you know what? You never pick up after yourself. You never pay attention to where you're putting your cans. I'm like, what do you mean? I don't have any socks on the on the closet floor or the bedroom floor. I don't have any underpants down there either. Like I remember, I clearly remember I flipped my socks inside out the last time I sent them down to do the wash. That is really good. So like, what do you mean I never clean up for myself? I put my dishes away today too. But it's that one little thing. Sweeping generalities. Yep. I don't know what you want improved. Yes. And it, it's really not fair either. If we're on the topic of fighting fair, when you make a generalization, like if I make the generalization because of the cans that Bud never picks up after himself, that is not something that helps him to figure out what my real issue is. It also puts him on the defensive immediately because he'll go through that laundry list of positive things that he's done. And it distracts from the fact that, hey, I'm really getting tired of the cans being left over that all over the house. It's actually not a positive list. It's a list of trying to tick off questions of like, am I getting in trouble for? <laughs> like I don't, I didn't do this, check. Didn't do that, check. Didn't do this, check. Didn't do that, check. Man, what is it? I'm still thinking. Like, you got me stumped now. I will go to my room until I figure out what I've done wrong. Oh, my gosh. No, what you're trying to do is be like, look at all these great things I did do. <laughs> So an alternative to such generalizations is to instead say, hey, I've noticed there are three cans downstairs. Do you think that we could possibly do a better job carrying those upstairs and putting them in the recycling bin? That's a true thing that actually did happen. And I have been doing a much better much job, much better job, much Amazing better job, job of doing that. Now I found the system; it's very simple. I take the empty can out with me to put into the recycling when I go by, when I go to get the fresh can. Oh well, and it's very easy. The only thing I have a problem with is that I'm not sure what I'm doing out in the garage with an empty can in my in my um, hand, and I'm not if I'm not getting another one. You don't make it to the garage. 
I usually do now, though, but it took me a couple of times to kind of like, why do you have this empty can in the garage? You've oh my never gosh. been here before. <laughs> Sarah usually does this. Oh, very funny. Yes. No kidding. <laughs> but I did learn. And this is a real thing that we did. And I know this sounds kind of cheesy, and it probably is. But this is a real thing that these are the things that eat at couples over 30 years. These are the things that happen over 365 days times 30, however many 90 million days that is or whatever. So the you can fact check my math too. The other thing that I think makes sense to talk about here is an argument that we recently had where I was just in a bad mood and was ready to grumble. <sighs> and true the, story. True story. We got a phone call, a couple of them. House alarm went off. Jetta was at home. We were out to dinner with Sarah's mom and dad celebrating something and my mom had called the alarm people had called the police were at the house neither of us looked at our phones because we were trying to be really present present. we were we were not present for our baby our precious baby setting off the house alarm (laughs) nobody was here it's just the house alarm so i'm on my phone trying to figure out what's going on with the alarm and i simply tell sarah hey call my mom and i'm like staring at my phone and I've got seven notifications because Bud has just told me our house alarm went off and I've gotten seven phone calls. So I'm like staring at my phone in shock and he tells me to call his mom, figure out what's going on. And I admittedly sit there for several seconds and do nothing. And then. Hey, call my mom. Why haven't you called my mom? And I think I snapped my finger at you, too. Probably. It was it was unkind. But you did call. I think you're missing the generalization. I haven't made it there yet. Oh, but okay. But you did call. We figured it all out. Jetta was okay. And at this, point, at this point in time, I should have been like, you know what? It all worked out. It's no big deal. But I was in a bad mood. And that she didn't just call my mom. So while we were walking out of the restaurant, I said... I don't know why you just didn't call my mom. You always do this. When I ask you to call somebody or when I ask you to, you know, connect with somebody, just instead of texting them, you just, you never want to call them. Like you just stare at your phone and I don't get it. Yep. Sweeping generality and also real big fighting words. Like, you never just call someone when I ask you to. Mm-hmm. Generalization. Also, like, a tiny aspect of bringing up the past. Like, he's kind of digging up some sort of past situation that I don't even know what he's talking about. Could be making it up. And it was immediately something where I was like, hey, that's not fair. And in the factual statement of where I was living, it was that... Usually when I say, hey, just call it, it's like um, something simple like, hey, is your dad coming over today or can your dad do this for us? Like, can your dad pull in the trash for us while we're gone? And you kind of stare at your phone. It's like, just give him a call and see if he'll do it. It's not immediate. So like you don't actually need to call your father and then you text him instead or you don't call him and you avoid the situation. I just prefer a text message. It's easier. I can gather my thoughts. You're more of a verbal communicator. I quite enjoy typing instead. Exactly. So in the moment, this is like none of this has been life or death or a hesitant or like a real high tense energy filled moment where somebody's in our house trying to steal Jetta. This is our dog, by the way. 
for anyone not she's familiar. So precious. She's so precious. So at that point in time, it just drug up all this bad vibes for me, and I was ready to rumble. And it was very unfair, which I was quickly corrected by you. I just started to reprogram my thought process and my brain around back to where I came from, which where back at where I should have started it, which was everybody is okay. Nobody was actually breaking into the home. Jetta had just set off the alarm herself, and that we have finished our nice dinner on kind of a hastily note. Yeah, true. But that nobody got hurt and nobody stole Jetta. So yes. there's nothing wrong with the world. But instead, I spent the rest of the night seething and apologizing, seething, kind of going back and forth between the both. You stayed in the seething zone. <laughs> Until we got to the next day where we could actually work this out. Yes. We don't need to go into more why I refuse to talk to you. <laughs> but I think there will be an episode about personality tests that will explain really? a little bit more about All why. All sense shortly. Yes. Why you wanted to talk about it and I just wanted to hide and let you deal with it yourself. Teaser um, on the future. Fiery red, bud. Cold blue, Sarah. <laughs> Teaser for a future episode. <laughs> Um, so that I think is a good example of how generalizations aren't helpful and they tend to be used hastily when you're really angry and just kind of want to pick on someone and just want to use your partner as a punching bag, metaphorically. So it's just our third rule of fighting fair is no sweeping generalizations or it's going to happen by accident. So just be able to remind your partner, hey, generalizations aren't helpful here. Tell me something specific that I can do better that is actually making you mad. So this topic kind of ties back into the three-legged stool and the communication leg and how that having productive disagreements is really important for a healthy, happy, productive partnership. I also want to reference that in no way, shape, or form is any one of these three rules need to come to an agreement or somebody's right and wrong. That's true. You can always agree to disagree on a subject and go th and use these rules and go through the topic and at the end of it still agree to, you know, I just see the world differently, but I understand where you're coming from now. But the fight was fair. It was fair. It I wasn't understand. mean. Yep. Yeah. I understand. I'm not changing this behavior at this point in time. I will take it under advisement and consider it for a future. And you kind of have to be okay with that. Right. And it's not about winning and losing either because as long as you are fighting fair and staying under these rules of engagement, this is a Michael Scott win-win-win. <laughs> What, everyone you wins? win, your partner wins, and the marriage wins. That's true. Everybody finds a positive outcome in this together instead of winning and losing or the lose-lose. Like, it's just, you're just keeping score. And I don't think that's what we're in this for, to keep score as a partnership. Right. I agree. All right. I think those are the three rules for fighting fair. And I hope that you'll use them or think about them in your next disagreement. We do have for you a confident couples challenge. So on every single episode, we try to give you something actionable that you can do today to improve your relationship. And so this week's confident couples challenge, I'm 
pretty sure you might disagree with your partner about something this week, I want you to keep in in mind these rules of fighting fair. Make sure you can moderate your own behavior before you expect your partner to also follow these rules. So really keep these top of mind for yourself And then once you can prove that you can fight fair, it might be something you actually bring into a conversation with your partner. Hey, I don't think generalizations are helpful. Let's talk about some different ways we might be able to handle this when we disagree. And obviously that kind of conversation is easier when you're not in the heat of an argument, but it's definitely something that you might want to talk about with your partner, what's allowed and what's not when you're having a disagreement. So Your challenge, keep these top of mind for yourself next time you disagree. And when you're doing this, remember, it's okay to fail at getting better. You just don't want to fail to want to get better. And I hope that makes sense. One more time. Say that one more time. Remember, it's okay to fail at getting better. You just don't want to fail to want to get better. Okay, got it. Cheers to Confident Couples. Cheers. Hey, thanks for joining us for the Confident Couples podcast. If you want to help create more confident couples, share this episode. Post a screenshot on your social media and tag us at Bud and Sarah on Instagram. For show notes for this episode and even more good stuff and advice, head to our website at budandsarah.com. We'll see you soon.